The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. My other podcast, Love and Abuse, over at loveandabuse.com, talks about navigating the difficult relationship. If you're in one, you got to listen to that show. You deserve to be treated with respect and kindness loveandabuse.com. Welcome to the Overwhelmed Brain, where you'll learn to make decisions that are right for you so that you can create the life you want now. Hey, this is Paul Coliani, and I'm here to help you learn to deal with difficult people and tackle life's challenges without compromising who you are. This show consists of my personal opinions and is meant for informational purposes only. Always seek a professional for your mental health and well-being. All right, I am so glad that you are here. This is a show where I helped you get, or I help you get out of your overwhelmed brain. And for those that um, are looking for very specific steps, I have about 10 years of material. <laughs> and so I don't know necessarily how to combine all, well actually I do, I know how to combine all of that into uh, something digestible. And every show is one step closer to becoming unoverwhelmed. It's funny because I don't really talk about overwhelm on this show, but I guarantee you, I guarantee you that if you listen to all these episodes that I've created over the years, you're going to decrease your overwhelm, assuming that you apply what I talk about. And that doesn't mean I'm all-knowing and I have every answer for every situation that comes up. It just means I know enough to get you out of some jams. One of those jams is dysfunction. One of those jams is a toxic relationship. One of those jams is your own toxic behaviors sometimes. I mean, maybe not you. <laughs> maybe somebody you know. But these are the jams. These are the glitches. These, these are the obstacles in your life or in our lives that uh, prevent us from being happy. I mean, if that's our goal. Some people don't have that goal. Some people just want peace. Some people just want to be comfortable. Some people are risk takers. They probably don't listen to shows like this. Some people get into terrible relationships and stay in those relationships and then wonder why they're not happy or try to find a way to be happy while in a terrible relationship. Could be a relationship with anybody, right? Or anything. And a relationship with your job. It's not fun to be in a terrible job, so you don't have a very good relationship with a job that you're in a relationship in. It sounds weird, but the people at work or the people you work with, the people in your life, family, friends, I can think of um, zero people right now that are in my life that I don't want in my life. How many people can you think of that are in your life right now that you don't want in your life? I hope you say zero. I hope you don't have anyone in your life that you don't want in your life. But if you do have somebody in your life that you don't want in your life, uh, what is preventing you from not having them in your life? I know there are all kinds of circumstances. I'm married to them. I work for them. 
They are my son, my daughter. They are my mom, my dad. There are uh, obligations that I have, and I have to see them. My ex, <laughs> my ex I have to see, not me, but somebody might say my ex has custody or shared custody, and even though I can't stand them, we share a kid together, so we kind of have to communicate every now and then. There are some people that you may not want in your life. And um, I've gone, and maybe this isn't a good thing. I mean, I'm going to admit, this may not be a good thing. I've gone through and filtered out the people that I don't want in my life and systematically excluded them. And some of them were nice. Some of them were good people. If you're listening to me now and you knew me in the past, it's not that I excluded you because I didn't like you, unless I didn't. <laughs> I excluded a lot of people in my life because I wasn't in the same space that I used to be before. And that's what happens. We can grow inside ourselves. We can have some inner personal growth and we can evolve and we can have different values and different beliefs. And suddenly we are outgrowing the people that we're with, even though they could be nice people. I had a good friend in Florida and I haven't talked to him in years, but it's not because I don't like him. It's just that I, I feel different inside of myself. I feel different. I have a different energy level. I have a different way of thinking. And when that happens, sometimes people get left behind. And if I saw him today, I would be thrilled and I would hug him. And I think it would be great to see him and talk to him. But I don't necessarily feel like we have a lot in common. I don't necessarily feel like I can relate to him and he can relate to me. And that might be a complete a completely erroneous thought. It could be completely untrue. I mean, there are several friends that I don't talk to any longer for several reasons. And I don't know, maybe it's because I'm just that type of person. I, I know my dad was that type of person. He would move around. He would not stay in touch with friends. He wouldn't stay in touch with me and family. So he would just kind of be a loner out there. And maybe I gained some of that along with my introversion. So that kind of makes me somebody that, um, goes and hides. <laughs> it sounds like that's what I'm doing. I'm not hiding though. Well, anyway, the point is we can do this. We can grow inside and that changes what's outside of us. It changes who we still connect with. It changes who we still have some sort of bond with sometimes. I remember um, in one relationship, one of my girlfriends, one of my partners over, over my life, said, it's just time. It's over. And I thought, what? What are you talking about? And I think, um, well, there was a lot going on in that relationship. I was emotionally abusive and, you know, I didn't really express my authentic self. So she had no idea who I really was and uh, she outgrew me. So people can outgrow us too. And that's a good thing. I I'm serious. It it's really good when somebody outgrows you because sticking around with somebody who isn't in the same space you are can be really hard. It's pushing rope, as my girlfriend says. It's, um, it's, uh, it presents a lot of challenges or can present a lot of challenges. And so we can outgrow people and they can outgrow us. And I think it's okay to be okay with that. Even with family, even with parents, even with friends, even with brothers and sisters. Sometimes we outgrow people. Sometimes we 
are a different person. You are a different person. And you look over across the table or across the room and you see a person that you used to connect with and you just don't anymore. And what do you do when you don't connect? Do you keep trying? I'm not saying you shouldn't. I'm saying, yeah, you could absolutely keep trying. You could talk to them and say, hey, look, let's uh, go out and do something. Let's uh, go have some fun. Let's do what we used to do. You can do all that stuff. But when you come back to your homeostatic state, the person you feel like being most of the time, do you still relate to that person? Can you still connect? I get so many messages from people in relationships that tell me uh, I'm with this person who says, like, for example, I just talked about this recently, my feelings don't matter. My feelings don't matter to them. And I think that's all you need to hear. My feelings don't matter to you. That's all I need to hear. If my girlfriend said that, that's all I'd need to hear. Even though we have um, almost eight or nine years invested. I know it's eight. <laughs> it's almost nine. We have almost a decade invested into each other. I have so much invested into this relationship. I asked her to marry me, if you haven't heard. And she said yes. And I wouldn't want to lose that. But if she said, your feelings don't matter to me, it would be over. I don't want somebody in my life who can think that and say that and feel that. My feelings don't matter to you? That doesn't feel good because if they don't matter, then what am I to you? And uh, I don't want that feeling. And so I'm willing to just say goodbye. It just sounds so cold when I talk about it now. Of course, there would be a lot of uh, crying and there would be a lot of um, very hurt feelings, at least from me. I would be so devastated. But when it comes down to it, I'm going to come right back to my rational, reasonable thinking and say, well, I don't want to be with somebody who doesn't honor me and doesn't respect me and doesn't care about my feelings and wants me to do what they want me to do without caring what I want to do. I mean, there's so many components of a relationship that um, need to be in place in order for the relationship to work well. Just like a relationship with your job, a relationship with your boss, a relationship with your friend, a relationship with family. The components need to be there. And those components are the values of the relationship. You have values and you have boundaries. And I've talked about those things a million times, but values are what's important to you about the relationship and boundaries are what you will and won't accept about the relationship or about what people do or say to you. And so that might mean um, when they embarrass you in front of people, that could be a, an important boundary to you. And you say, look, I don't want you to embarrass me in front of people. Please don't do that again. It hurts. Someone who loves you is going to say, I'm sorry, uh, I won't do that again. I, I don't want you to feel hurt. Someone who doesn't really care or has another agenda or has their own best interest in mind might say, well, that's your problem. I'm sorry that you felt that way, but that's your problem. I mean, they may even apologize like that. I'm sorry you felt that way, <laughs> but that's your problem. And do you want somebody like that in your life? And I'm not saying that you just get rid of them, but I, I am saying that it's important to 
look at your values, weigh your values, weigh your boundaries, uh, evaluate the relationship that you're in and ask yourself, are those being met? Are my boundaries being honored and my values being met? Sometimes our values aren't met all the way. Sometimes most of them are, or some of them are, and we can deal with the rest. Children do that, I think. <laughs> they honor some of our boundaries, but uh, some of them they won't. They'll go against our boundaries or definitely go against our values. <laughs> and so what we'll have is a child that we love, hopefully, and uh, they'll still do things that really tick us off. But children are a, a different thing. Like I had somebody ask me the other day, can you talk about unconditional love? And I said that the only time I see unconditional love is with children. That's like the only time because if they are, if your child does something, you know, assuming you have a, a decent relationship, a healthy relationship, a loving relationship with your child, if they do something that's pretty awful, most parents have an unconditional love for their children. I mean, there are, you've seen the TV shows or the movies where somebody commits a heinous act, hurts somebody, kills somebody. And the mom says, he's still my son. With the dad, he's still my son. He's uh, everything. He's my everything. And I love him. And nobody knows him the way I know him. Yeah, but he killed somebody. Yeah, but he's still my son. So that's a, a good way to look at unconditional love is that somebody can do something, even heinous, and you still love them. You still accept them unconditionally, no strings attached. And so that might be somebody in your life. I don't know. But People have to deal with this all the time. Who is in your life that you want? Who is in your life that you don't want? And um, when you figure it out, what do you do about it? So coming back to the, the values and boundaries, just really quick, uh, it's important to know the values in your relationship. What are your values of a relationship with anyone or anything? And um, this is something I talk about. I sell a workbook called uh, Stop Self-Sabotage. I talk about it in there, but like I say, every time I talk about values, you don't have to buy the workbook. You just listen to this and do your exercise. And the exercise is listing all the things that are important to you about X. What's important to me about relationship? What's important to me about a partner? What's important to me about working for someone or working at a job? I want weekends off. I want good pay. I want to work with coworkers that respect me. You know, all these important components of a relationship can help you define how the relationship will go or will not only help you define it will define how the relationship will go if you know your values you know write them down what do i value what's important to me about the relationship if you know those well and um, you're in a relationship that violates those boundaries you know how it will go and i always say uh, put the most important boundaries at the top Number one boundary, uh, for example, I must be respected. I must, you know, I command respect. I mean, that's not the way to say it, but I deserve respect. I deserve respect. Then somebody disrespects you and you say, wow, uh, that hopefully is a one-off. But if it's not, then what do you do? I mean, I'm asking a lot of questions today, but I'm hopefully putting those things in your head so that you understand that um, when values and boundaries are violated, usually the rest of it falls apart. And the reason is because values make up your foundation. 
boundaries make up your foundation. It's the foundation of who you are and how you want to feel and how you want to operate in life. I want to operate knowing that the people that are around me I can trust and that they'll trust me, or at least hopefully, that I can respect and they'll respect me, that I can enjoy their company and they enjoy mine. It creates an easygoing environment for all to prosper. But like I'm saying, values and boundaries are so important that if they're violated, you need to question them. You, you can't just allow, and here I am telling you, but I'm asking you to choose to not allow values and boundaries to continue to be compromised because once it happen, happens once and you don't address it, it will typically happen again. If they do something to violate a, a value of yours or a boundary of yours and nothing is done to address it, there's no accountability, it will typically happen again. If it doesn't, then hopefully it was just a one-off and everything's fine. And maybe you can get past it without issue. But what happens inside of us when we allow a value or boundary to be compromised, if we don't provide accountability, if we don't tell them that they are doing this and we hold it in, what do you think happens? You know what happens. You hold in negativity and you start building resentment. You start building upset and maybe anger and maybe worry, and all of this stuff gets stored in your system. And then you start walking around with it stored in your system. And when it's stored in your system, when you are around others, it can come out and you may not realize it. And maybe you do realize it, but what happens is it's just all stored up in there and it's all pent up in there. And it's like a pressure cooker. And then one day somebody says something that triggers you and you get really angry and uh, you can't stop it from coming out because all this pressure is inside of you. And so that's what I'm referring to near the beginning of this episode when I say we can walk around with dysfunctions and toxic behavior and sometimes we don't even know it. Sometimes we developed them as kids. We don't even realize we developed them because they started off as survival mechanisms and coping mechanisms and then we brought them into our adult relationships and now we are trying to figure out how to communicate and relate. And we have old patterns and old programs and old dysfunctions and behaviors that we don't even realize could be toxic. So this is all related to, sort of all related to an email that I received that I'm just going to read right now. This person wrote, I wish I had adequate words to describe how much you have helped me see not only the dysfunction around me, but the dysfunction within me. I'm seeing that I have a major or I've been a major people pleaser literally all my life from generational trauma. I understand how I came to be that way, but honestly, I've never fully looked within since beginning your podcast. Now I see that I can make intentional changes as I grow and I finally become emotionally healthy. And she went on, she thanked me for love and abuse and the overwhelmed brain and and she's very, very grateful. Thank you so much for writing that. Thank you so much for sharing that. And um, the reason I read that is because it is vital to grasp what might be inside that you can address, that you can reflect on and pull it out to be processed and released. She said she was a people pleaser literally all her life. 
And that was a dysfunction that she wanted to, or she learned that she wanted to work on in her life. And that's just, that's my story too. I was a people pleaser literally all my life, which basically meant I avoided conflict. And not only did I avoid conflict, I made sure that everyone was happy. And because I didn't want conflict, making sure everyone was happy kept conflict at bay. And that was very helpful to me uh, and hurtful to me and others. Hurtful to me because when you are a people pleaser, you don't address what gets you upset. Therefore, you hold stuff in. You resist conflict and that resistance and the conflict start building up inside of you. There's more to that, but I'm going to leave it there. And um, also, the people around you don't know the real you because you never express who you really are to them and they can take advantage of you and they don't even realize it. And so I've talked about people pleasing as well on other episodes. You can go to theoverwhelmedbrain.com and look for people or pleasing and you'll find many episodes on that. But I address this today because she discovered a dysfunctional pattern inside of her whether through my show or through her own research or her own uh, dealings with people. And it, she learned, she figured it out. She figured out something about herself that when she chose to change it, improved her life. This is something that happens. And this is something I want to convey to you is that when you hold on to things, your life stays the same. And if you don't like what's going on now, You'll probably keep getting what you're getting. But when you discover what you might be holding on to, you discover some sort of function or toxic behavior and you pull that out for processing. You pull it out to reflect on. You address it. Then suddenly your life can improve. I mean, assuming that you can heal and process it from it, whether it's talking to a friend or a professional or reflecting. I do a lot of reflecting myself. When you reflect upon the stuff that's inside of you, the repressed negative emotions especially, what you end up finding is that uh, as you allow yourself to connect with that and you even express it to other people or express it out loud by yourself, when you are able to connect with that and deal with it and hopefully heal from it, what you end up finding is that you feel lighter and you feel freer and you feel more energy sometimes. And you feel like um, something has changed about you. Something has changed in your life. And this is, it goes back to what I was talking about, how there are some people in my life that I left behind and don't connect with anymore. And I literally don't connect with them anymore because the person I was isn't the person I am today. And so I went through a life with dysfunction and toxic behaviors and I connected, connected with those people the way I was then the way I am now and the person I am today, it's hard to connect, at least at the, at the level that I thought I had been then. So I could have had a best friend back then, but now it's hard to connect with that person because I'm not the same person. But this is a good thing. This is a very good thing. And some people don't see it as a good thing. Like, oh, I should be friends with that person. They're so nice. I should love my mother. <laughs> I should love my partner. I should love my daughter or son. And again, that's sometimes a different story. But what ends up happening is that we change. 
We listen to shows like this. We read, we do our own work, our meditation, our personal growth journeys, whatever. All of the improvements and evolutions that we make inside of us change us. And in my experience, uh, make us feel lighter. They change our weight, not physical, but the mental and emotional weight that we carry around. And sometimes the physical, sometimes we are affected so wonderfully because we pulled something out to heal and process from that it uh, changes our physicality. It changes how we show up in the world. Suddenly I'm not um, doing the same things that I used to do. I'm not physically doing the same things. I'm doing different things than I used to do. Sometimes it's a good thing. Like I used to exercise a lot. <laughs> I don't exercise a lot now and I need to as I get older and older. So sometimes, you know, you can be comfortable and happy and uh, not do the same things you used to do that you probably should do. So it's good to look at that too. I'm going to, uh, I'm looking at my, my weight set behind me right now. I got to use that today. I'm going to use that. <laughs> so what ends up happening is that throughout the years, you're going to notice changes in yourself as long as you're willing to address the um, challenges that you are carrying around. And there's a better way to say that, but I don't want to just call them dysfunctions or toxic behaviors. Some of it's just an obstacle, like a mental or emotional obstacle that we need to overcome. Some of it's trauma from childhood. Well, a lot of the times it is, but some of it can be a trauma that you haven't healed from yet. Like I know um, child abuse survivors and child sexual abuse survivors that will not go there. They will not go there. They will not address that old memory. They don't want to see it again. And I'm not here to say that you should. But I am here to say that if your life isn't going as planned or if you're not as happy as you believe you could be or should be, or if you feel that mental or emotional weight weighing you down, that perhaps maybe you should consider addressing what's going on inside of you. The person I'm with now, we've been together eight years and I have seen her have the biggest breakdowns. The biggest screaming, crying, and it was because she finally allowed herself to address her uh, history of child sexual abuse. She finally allowed herself to connect with it. I mean, she's been working on it. I'm not saying that she only did it in the past eight years, but there were some deep, deeper memories and deep stuff that she just couldn't access or didn't know how to access. And since we've been together, she's had some huge breakdowns. I mean, we used to live in an apartment and um, she was crying one night. And I think every neighbor in that apartment complex uh, heard us. And um, I felt really awkward the next day because our neighbors saw us and they gave us a funny look. And I, I don't know what they thought, but I, I have a feeling they thought I was hurting her or something, but I was just there comforting her. I was just there um, listening to her, being her shoulder if she needed me, just being in that space, giving giving her that safe, non-judgmental space to, for her to feel safe enough to express herself. And I think 
she's told me this. She said, you've been very helpful just by giving me that free space to be myself and express myself. And I never once just said, what's going on? Why are you crying? I never once asked her, what's the problem? Why are you doing this? You know, what can I do for you? I never said that. I mean, you, it's okay to say something like, what can I do for you? But I never interfered with her expression because some people, they just need to vent. They need to release that pressure and that pressure can be in there for many years. Sometimes since infancy, that pressure can be in there for so long. Uh, sometimes you don't even know what it is anymore. Sometimes things happen throughout life and you don't even realize what you're holding on to, but there's a freeing, a releasing that can happen if you're willing to go there, if you're willing to connect with it. And sometimes it takes somebody else to get you there. I know that. I don't want you to just go there on your own and then suddenly you can't handle it. And I don't want you to feel stuck and alone like that. But sometimes this stuff it can be addressed alone. Sometimes you have to. Sometimes you don't feel safe enough around the people in your life to be able to address this and allow it to come up so that you can release it or at least reflect on it. And I've said this story before, but um, I carried hate inside me for a good 34, 35, uh, 32 years, something like that. It was a long time. And um, I didn't realize I was carrying it. I was holding on to hate. And, you know, as a former people pleaser who believed uh, hating was wrong, I refused to go there. I refused to believe that I could hate. And in fact, I was told it was wrong to hate. So I never went there. Well, I'm not going to address any bad feelings I have toward my stepfather. So I'm not going to go there because it's wrong to hate. It's just the, that was probably the most destructive advice I was ever given. That it's wrong to hate. And I know what you're thinking. Yes, it. you shouldn't hold on to hate. I agree. But when you have a negative feeling inside you and you choose not to admit that it's there, guess what you're doing? You're holding on to it. You're holding on to the very feeling that you don't want or you don't believe you should have. It's almost like... um religious persecution. You're not supposed to feel that way. So don't ever think that way. Uh, all due respect to some religions out there, but this is what can happen is that we can feel so afraid to address what's going on inside of us that we just won't address it. We won't go near that because if we do, it's a sin. So I'm not going to address it. I don't want to address it. So where does it go? It stays in, which means you're holding on to it. It's the proverbial emotional hot potato. I'm going to hold on to it while it burns my insides, while it slowly deteriorates me from the inside out. Now, I'm not saying that's what all negativity does. I'm just saying it uh, changes your life when you're able to pull that out and process it and heal it and release it. But if you refuse to go there, you can't pull it out and it affects your life and you're not comfortable and you're not happy and you're not peaceful, at least as much as you want to be because of that. And if you hold on to something you don't want, you usually get what you don't want in life. And I don't want that for you. I don't want you to hold on to things that keep you from happiness and comfort and peace and joy and 
at least one step closer to those things. That's why I, I, I pretty much dedicate like my life to addressing the negativity inside of me if and when it comes up. If I have some sort of weird, jealous thought, my girlfriend or my fiance now is talking to a guy and I think, huh, I'm feeling a little awkward about this. I'm feeling a little angry about this. I'm going to resolve that as soon as possible. What is that doing in there? Thankfully, that hasn't happened in a very long time, but I'm going to address it. If that happens, I'm going to address it. I need to pick that apart. Like, what the heck? Why are you jealous? Don't you trust her? I'm going to start grilling myself. Don't you trust her? What's your problem? <laughs> Why are you suddenly feeling this way? Do you feel insecure in yourself, Paul? Do you feel like you're not good enough? Well, if that's how you feel, if you don't think you're good enough, then get better. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm not giving you this advice, but this is something that I might do to myself. I'll grill myself and I'll also drill down like, where does this feeling come from? When did this feeling start? When's the earliest I've ever felt this or ever thought this? What am I truly worried about? What am I truly worried about losing? You know, there are, these are what I call drill down questions where you really get to the heart of what's underneath that and what's underneath that. And um, that can be very helpful. You keep asking yourself questions, you know, self-therapy, and you get to the heart of stuff. But uh, I don't want that in there. I don't want to carry this stuff around. Whoa, I have some anger. I, I spent almost all of my relationships in my life, except for this one, almost all of them in trigger mode of some sort, or at least a very short fuse to a trigger. Now, what I mean by trigger is that I could be easily upset by something somebody else did. And when they upset me, it uh, caused a cataclysm inside my mind and I did something stupid or emotionally abusive or what have you. I didn't know how to handle it because I never addressed it. And so I was highly judgmental, highly critical, and I would mope and I would uh, try to withdraw love and affection from the person I was with so that they would uh, change and I would manipulate. I would, all these toxic behaviors, that wore the hell out of me. That was just so much disintegration inside of me because I was holding on to all that negativity because I had a short fuse to a trigger. That means that I could get triggered easily if they did something or somebody did something that I didn't like. And so I would respond or react to that trigger in, in an emotional state that was unhealthy or unproductive. I didn't want them to do something that I didn't want them to do, so therefore I would be angry. Why am I angry? What's going on? Why am I so damn important that I can't um, just accept that people are who they are? I can't accept that person for who they, for who they are. That's the kind of stuff I had to address inside myself. And so I learned that as I worked on this stuff inside myself, I was able to heal and not have such a short fuse. And pretty soon that fuse got longer and longer and longer. And now it doesn't really exist because I just feel good inside myself. But this is what happens is that the fuse gets longer and eventually what used to bother you doesn't bother you anymore. Now, they may still be a little bit inside you, but you are able to regulate and control yourself now. So this is another thing that happens as you look inward and address what's going on inside of you that may be a challenge or an obstacle. And when you address that and heal that and hopefully release it, there is a better 
way of feeling and perceiving and moving forward without that fuse or short fuse. Without the short fuse, what's life like? This is what I had to learn. I learned that I was carrying around a burden of being so critical and judgmental and emotionally abusive. It was such a burden to me. And it was eating away at me and, of course, destroying my relationships. And then when I was able to address all the uh, things in the bucket, all the emotions, all the old trauma, all the old beliefs and all the old patterns, that uh, bucket got lighter and lighter and I was able to improve my relationships. And that's what I want for everyone that listens to this show and everyone in the world, of course, but they got to do the work. <laughs> the work is the hard part. The work is being vulnerable. It's expressing what's inside of you that you really don't want to address. It's, it's like something you're holding on to that maybe you'll feel a little bit of shame or guilt or embarrassment or anger or whatever. But if you don't address it, uh, what happens? You, you keep it with you. You keep walking around with it. And it is a burden. That's, that's the best way I can put it. It's a burden. It's a burden to you. It's a burden to others. And it uh, runs your life. This burden runs your life. Because what you end up doing is making decisions out of fear, out of upset, out of anger. And when you make decisions out of those places, then you're not really moving toward what you want. You're just moving away from what you don't want. And you may know that old thing where you have a move toward strategy or a move away from strategy. You're either moving toward things that you want or you're moving away from things that you don't want in different parts of your life. For example, I used to move away from being broke because I was, I was broke at one time. And uh, I used to move away from that. And I would always move away from being broke. And so every decision I made had to do with how can I move away from that even more? And then there's a shift once you start, or when I started making enough money, then I thought, what do I want to move toward now? I want to make this much money. I want to make this much money. And it felt better because I was no longer in that survival mindset. And that happens throughout life. I want to move toward this or I want to move away from that. And sometimes it depends on what's going on in your life. But one method is good for certain parts of your life. And another method is good for other parts of your life. You're moving toward happiness. That's always a good thing. But if you're moving away from pain and suffering, it can feel different and you'll make different decisions. And uh, it's good to be aware of that. Good to be aware of that inside yourself. I mean, that might be the, the final, I guess, uh, note of interest in this podcast episode is that um, think about the things in your life that you're either moving toward or moving away from. Like I think about, okay, I'm no longer moving away from always criticizing and judging and being this jerk that I used to be. And I'm moving toward a life together with my soon to be wife. And that feels good. That's what I'm moving toward. But if I think about what I'm moving away from, uh, nothing comes to mind anymore. It used to be that way. And it, it actually served me at the time because when I was broke, damn right, I'm going to move away from not being broke anymore. I hate being broke. So I worked on that and it uh, compelled me and it motivated me to do more. And that can be important in your life. If you are moving towards something that you want and it's continually motivating you, then you're probably on the right path. 
But if you're moving towards something you want, but you feel like you need to move away from something first, toxic people, for example, <laughs> if you feel like you need to get rid of some people in your life, that might be something that needs to take priority. And you may feel like you can't get anywhere until you make something else a priority, which is why I'm asking for this last little minute we have left that uh, you think about what you're moving toward and what you're moving away from. And all the other stuff I've mentioned in this episode, I've kind of went in a roundabout way to get here, but uh, I got here <laughs> and I made it and I was moving toward the end, mo moving toward the end in a way that makes us all happier, I hope. I hope this episode has been helpful. I want to thank the person who wrote. Thank you so much. And I hope that your life gets better and better, or at least a bit more peaceful, a bit more comfortable than where you were before. Or maybe you're fine and you don't need to hear that, but it uh, doesn't matter. I'm going to say it anyway. Very glad that you're here. Thank you so much for stopping by. Thank you for listening to another episode of The Overwhelmed Brain. I want to thank the patrons this week. Tammy, Deborah, Andreas, Harriet, Brian, Mary, Anna, and Paige. They are the financial uh, backers of the show. I call them patrons and I read new names every week. Thank you so much, patrons. I appreciate all of you. If you find value in this show like these patrons do, you can head over to moretob.com and you'll find options to give back. That's uh, moretob.com. Thank you so much, patrons. I am very grateful. I appreciate all of you. And if you want to listen to a show on uh, how to deal with difficult relationships or how to navigate through them, go to my other podcast called Love and Abuse over at loveandabuse.com. And if you know you're the difficult one in the relationship and you want to work on that, you want to try to heal your relationship, try to save it even, head over to healedbeing.com and uh, I have a very comprehensive program over there. And finally, thanks to Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com for some of the music transitions in the overwhelmed brain. And for my final words, uh, I'm just going to read you the final piece of that email I received. She said, uh, Paul, for you to use your own past dysfunction to help the lives of others is beautiful. I've listened to every single episode you've made and have grown in a positive way, feeling like I'm not alone. So thank you for being like a lifeline through a lot of the years of feeling all alone, even while standing in the middle of a group of people. I wish you peace, my friend. That is so touching. Thank you so much for that. I wanted to read it to you because um, I think it can be very helpful that when you do deal with your own stuff, your own dysfunctions, if you have any, if you're perfect, that's fine too. But if you deal with your own dysfunctions, that it helps others. Just me talking about it helps others. I remember somebody telling me, what was it? Um, or maybe it was me. <laughs> I said, I think I told somebody of something that I was going through. That's what it was. It was when I was working in the 90s with somebody and I said, um, you know, I, I have this, what do they say? I have this, um, I, I, I still have this uh, problem. I forget what problem it was, but I still have this problem and I, I haven't been able to get over, over it yet. And the person looked at me and said, I can't believe you're telling me this. I can't believe you're sharing that. And I said, why? And they said, um, because it's just so personal and it's just very, I don't know if she said vulnerable, but she couldn't believe that I would share something so deep. And that immediately changed our relationship and it immediately allowed her to share something vulnerable about herself. I wasn't right away, but about herself that later on she shared with me 
and I thought, wow, that uh, thank you for sharing that. Thank you so much. And it made me feel good. And it also made me feel not alone. Like this person said, even while standing in the middle of a group of people, she felt alone. And um, that's why I've chosen to be vulnerable. For the past at least 15 years, I've chosen vulnerability over everything and just put it out there. I'm not saying we do this with everyone, but I do it with everyone. <laughs> I do it with most people. Uh, some people may not be safe and we have to be careful, but I don't mind just putting myself out there because I have learned how much strength there is in vulnerability. I have learned that the more vulnerable I am and I'm willing to share what I believe is wrong with me or what I believe I need to work on, that it makes me stronger because I put it out there. It's sort of like um, a family secret or somebody knows your secret. Like other people are talking about it behind your back and you know they are. And instead of hiding that, when you talk with that person, you bring it up. <laughs> you say, yeah, I did that and uh, I, I learned a lot from it and uh, it's just something that I have to deal with now or whatever. You just bring it up. And what it does is it takes all the energy out of what uh, you're trying to hide or you might be trying to hide. It takes all the energy out that somebody might have ended up using against you or at least you felt like they could use against you. Like you don't want people to find out your secret. You don't want people to find out who you really are or what you really did. But when it's out on the table, it's not something they can bring up and use against you because you already brought it up. And, you know, you have to pick your battles wisely here and choose which people to express to and all that. But uh, this is something else that I've practiced as well. Like, you know what? This is who I am and this is what I've done. And I'm willing to talk about it. And the more you're willing to talk about what you've done and how you feel and what you've gone through in life, the less that it burdens you. And the last thing I want you to do is carry around a burden. We don't want to carry around these burdens all our life and then they come out in destructive ways like I was saying earlier and people get upset and things change and we never find the true peace and comfort or happiness or whatever you're looking for because uh, we're still holding on to a burden. So the idea is just to keep an open mind. That will help you address burdens, address the toxic behaviors, address the dysfunctions and create the life you want because you're addressing them. Always take steps to grow and evolve because you are powerful beyond measure. And above all, and this is something I absolutely know to be true about you, you are amazing.
This summer, dive into the many cools of San Antonio. Because as soon as the temperature rises, so do the many cool things to do. Come keep cool with amazing pools and the hottest nights at the coolest spots in Texas. Go to visitsanantonio.com slash summer.